0: Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. Good morning, Access Church. Glad that you guys are with us. It's a little noisy. People are still showing up because we changed the time on y'all, but uh, it's hot. So we want to get a little bit earlier of a start, but we're glad you're with us this morning. So you're gonna hear people talking. We got donuts and coffee, and people hanging out and enjoying themselves. So, uh, it's always good each week. Looking forward to when we completely get together, which is happening soon, by the way. Before we get started with with worship today, just want to give you a, a heads up on a few things. Uh, September is gonna be a big month for us. We're gonna start connection groups back up, and those are gonna be a little bit different. So, as you're doing sign-ups, we don't have, you know, certain groups for you to sign up uh, for right now. So. Um, so the signups are just get signed up and then we're going to kind of tell you what we're doing, uh, as far as, uh, something a little bit different, but we think it's going to be good starting in September with our connection groups. So make sure you go, it's on our website right now, sign up, start, I think click on the ministries tab and then underneath it says connection groups, but, uh, then get signed up the next few weeks. So we know kind of who's in and then we'll kind of share more what we're going to be doing with our connection groups, but also the same thing with church. Uh, we got the okay from the school we filled out all the documents we're ready to go so what we're going to do is take the first few weeks is get our leaders on the campus just to kind of evaluate like how do we work with this campus make sure we kind of know what we're doing the first few services are going to be outside kind of like a festival feel if you've been like to a country music festival or something like that which I haven't been for a while but those are a blast we're shooting for that type of a vibe we're trying to figure out food and drinks and things like that but outside's kind of the safest next step for us and uh, so we're thinking through all those things, and uh, but September will give you kind of the date, but the leaders will be meeting in early September to walk in the campus. We'll probably film, uh, start filming on the campus, even without all the church together, probably the second week in September we'll start filming, so you'll be able to see the school, and we'll kind of show you around, things like that. So that's what's going on. We're really excited as we begin this re-engagement. And, uh, and just what's ahead of us, and what God has in store for us. So with that said, we're gonna jump into things. We'll continue our series on um, Born to Lose, Live to Win. But before we get into that, the Hanley's, the Hanley family, it's like they're the traveling Woo. family group. We can't wait till their kids get older and they're gonna be singing with them, right? And they'll so do that, easier. do that thing. So uh, we have some worship, let me pray. And then we're gonna jump into things. Jesus, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity Just to kind of refocus, realign, uh, reinvigorate ourselves, God. And um, we just know that you love it when you said wherever people gather, you're there, 100%. And so we're we're thankful that you're here. We're thankful that you're with whoever's watching right now. And God, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would move us, and that we would live this life with you confidently. And so we're looking forward today. We worship you out of just thankful hearts, no matter what we're going through. We're thankful that we know you and so we worship you in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you have uh your Bible today, we're mainly going to be in Deuteronomy 8. And that's a it sounds like it, it's an Old Testament book. So I know you guys probably all have it memorized. We all go to Deuteronomy to memorize the Bible, but Old Testament, and uh, I'll explain a little bit more. But Deuteronomy 8, as far as for, for our topic today, before we get into things, just want to. Um, Let you know that our next series as a church, we're going to take our time and go through the book of John. We're going to call Up Close and Personal with Jesus. I feel like we're in a season where um, maybe for a lot of us, not maybe disconnected from God, but it's definitely been easier to kind of be overwhelmed or overcome by a lot of things obviously happening uh, in our world uh, or just the accountability. I mean, like being at church or being with people when you don't see this kind of, there's no, no impetus as far as I need to read to share and things like that so we're just gonna as a church say what does it mean to like just get up close and personal with jesus who he was what his heart was what his heart for us is and to make sure that we're all on the same page and so the book of john's one of my favorite gospels Um, there's four biographies of jesus life matthew mark luke and john and so we're going to cruise that book so if you want to start reading john kind of get a jump start on things and uh start saturating in that we're going to be going this fall uh through the book of john so that's going to start in a few weeks and then also in a few weeks, we're going to wrap up this series, I believe, next week. And then uh, I'm going to be sharing in a few weeks a little bit about our vision as a church, kind of uh, where God has us, where we're going. And uh, so that, that's going to be fun to kind of share that uh, with you. I've been sharing it with the, uh, the VIPs, Access VIPs, very invested people. Those meetings started. They've been going great. And, um, and we continue those next week. So appreciate those of you, those very invested people that got a lot of skin in the game as far as time, money, prayer. And the discussions have been great, and they kind of help us to shape our mission, our vision, and how we implement it. And so just appreciate each one of you uh, being a part of Access and a key part of Access Church. Today, the topic is blessed to lose, which again, it's counterintuitive, blessed to lose. Um, Eric Martin, we had his memorial um, last week, I believe it was, and uh, just thinking about that, it was very powerful. It was one of those, uh, it was just kind of close family and friends. We're going to do a public one. A lot of people have been asking, uh, but we're going to wait, you know, till everything is far as over with the lockdown, things like that. So it was very intimate. But it was one of those services where I, I kind of walked away being like, I hope I have a service like that. And I haven't been a part of a lot of services like that. I've been a part of some awkward ones where you can see someone live the life, but without a lot of impact. The nicest things people could say is, well, you know, they drove a nice car. Or, um, you know, I remember when you know, this one time we partied and had a joke and it was funny. It's like, that's the culmination of their life. Eric's was much deeper than than that. But what was interesting is as the memorial service as reflecting on our conversations. I was so fortunate to have quite a few lunches with Eric over the last year, but I also spent time with him a couple days before he transitioned uh, to heaven. And those conversations, um, they were... You know you're in those moments where you're not going to forget those conversations. And those are precious because a lot of conversations we have with people, you forget. You forget the conversations you've had or the lunches you had. And, and when I met with Eric, is one like, I'm going to remember this. And um, I remember we were kind of just talking about his life. And he said it's interesting because he's known about or known of God his whole life. But he goes, it truly took cancer to bring me to a faith where he goes, I know I'm saved. And that's what Eric's confidence, like what blew people away was he was ready to transition to be Jesus. He was actually looking forward to it. And I think for a lot of us, if we're honest, like we like being Christians, but if I'm like, hey, would you want to like be done with life and just kind of transition? Most of it like, "Ah," you know, like kind of, I know the Christian answer is like, yeah, but we kind of like our life or we want to experience more things. And so it's kind of like, yeah, I think it'd be cool to see Jesus and be with him, but I'm not sure. And uh, Eric was sure, but about it it took the loss of his health the loss of his job and what he would say is the loss of other distractions with maybe partying going out and not that there's anything wrong with going out and having a good time but when that becomes the center of your life and it takes focus away from the calling that jesus has the relationship jesus has i mean eric was was like in some ways i'm thankful for cancer i mean it's so crazy this man transitioning to heaven whittled away just his weight completely down and and we're talking about loss and there's no tears of sadness because that loss is what brought him to jesus if you allow it and if we allow it today what i want to talk about is loss can actually be our biggest blessing um you know this with athletes you'll hear this when you hear sports right how do they learn the most from their wins or losses interaction time crowd here we go losses right i learned so much from my losses yet we always want to win but then maybe we will never learn and so god wants us to learn remember i talked a few weeks ago god's goal is not just to know us but to transform us that we become more like him like there's a goal that we have in mind to uh, we usher in the kingdom of god by being christ-like but if i never lose i never become like christ and we wonder maybe why the church isn't having the influence it should in society. As much as sometimes we blame society, oh, they're doing this and they're so shallow and all this and this sin and that sin, but we're called to be salt and light. But what what does uh, Jesus say in Matthew? If the salt loses its saltiness, what's the worth of it? Nothing. He says you throw it out. God wants us to be worth something in society, but he has to transform us to become like him. How does he do that? Through loss. Through loss it teaches us We see this in Deuteronomy 8. The nation um, of Israel needed to learn this and the importance of loss and what it produces. So if you have your Bibles, Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're going to jump into this. Here we go. Deuteronomy 8. We're going to start in verse 8. Okay. The setting, they've been wandering the desert for 40 years. By the way, this desert is about the size of Riverside County. I don't, so I don't know if you can imagine walking around Riverside County. I can't, I mean driving through Riverside County is bad enough for a few hours. <laughs> 40 years, especially in certain areas of Riverside County, and I'm not going to say which areas, but you know, they're going around in circles, which is a miracle in itself. It's like, how did that happen? Well, because God ordained it. Um, and so they've been wandering around Riverside County for 40 years and now it's done. But there's a reason why that happened. I don't know if you've ever felt like you're wandering in life and you think there's no purpose to it. God always has a purpose. It's up to us to figure it out. But God always has He's a purposeful God. Things aren't just by chance or random. And so they're done with this and they're probably exhausted. Like, what's next? He's talked about this promised land. We haven't seen the promised land. Um, And so, which I'm assuming is going down to San Diego County, right? So San Diego County is like the promised land, but they can't get over the little hill to get down into... They've just been wandering. So Deuteronomy 8, this is where we pick up. They're about to go to San Diego County. He says this, listen, before you go to San Diego, where it's good, the surf is good, the people are beautiful, the sun is awesome, doesn't get 100 degrees with the humidity like we have, um, everybody's happy, the, house, the homes are gorgeous, it's, it's the land of man, that's where everybody kind of wants to live. He says this, this is his words. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply. How will you live and multiply? How do things go well? By being careful to obey. That's that's important. Careful to obey. He says, And you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you. So how do we have a life that's fruitful? Well, you have to be careful to obey. How do you get to the point of valuing obedience to god in your life well he says here humility god is trying to humble you and to test you to prove your character to find out whether or not you would obey his commands now why is important these obey like is god a control freak like it's always about obedience like obey god obey god like i just want to do my thing well because god sees the bigger picture now this land they're going into they were going to be very fruitful. It was, a, it, was, it was legit. But here's the thing. Everyone else knew it. All the other people knew it. So everybody was going there. Now, we're nice nowadays, right? We go into nice homes, and everybody moves to San Diego, and the pr- home prices go up, so people kind of move out. But back then, if your neighbor had good land, you would just beat them up, kill them, and then you take over that land. That's how it worked. Like, it was just like there was a season of war. I think we forget in the Old Testament, the springtime was a season to beat people up. Like, they had a season. So it was like sports. Like, here it comes, everybody's working out, right? Why did they have 50 kids back then? Like, some of us were like, man, what was going on? You needed an army. You needed, yeah. So you use your kids, your grandkids, you trained them because the springtime was a time for war. This is Old Testament, right? So here's the thing they needed to be humble. God needed to test them because even through blessing, you had to battle for the blessing. The blessing was there, but God said it's a battle for the blessing and in order to win the battle, you have to trust me and depend on me. You have to be humble. He didn't want them to go to that land and mess it up, which if you keep reading in the Old Testament, they messed it up, which is a good learning lesson for us, right? He's saying, just listen to me, obey me. It's not to make your life bad. It's I got all kinds of good blessings, but there's a battle before the blessing. We want the blessing before the battle. We want God to bless us, and God says, no, 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 no. There's a battle to get there, but I've given you victory. How do we have victory? Listen intently. How do I listen intently? Pride is what gets in our way, all of us. Pride is what keeps us from experiencing God's blessing and from trusting him in the midst of the battle. So he goes on to say, like, this is what I've done. So the desert was about humbling you to prepare you for the battle for the blessing. Are we getting this? And then he says, yes, he humbled you. This is Moses speaking. God humbled you by letting you go hungry, and th- but then he fed you manna. So you went through some loss. You went through some pain. But what have we been talking about the last few weeks? He fills the gaps of that pain, but you've got to go through that pain, and then he fills it. And that pain will show you, do you go to God or do you go to something else? Do we self-medicate? Do we begin to over-control and push God out? And so he said, like, when you're in pain and I take things away and you're hungry, Let God satisfy you. So he says, listen, I allowed that to happen so you could see by my miraculous hand that I would feed you. I never let you go hungry. He says, the food previously unknown to you and your ancestors, he gave you a new food, which we know now is golden grams. That's what is golden grams from heaven is what he gave them. And now we have golden grams, thanks to God. He said, he did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. We live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out. Your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Think. Humility takes some thinking. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Even God's discipline in our life is not because he hates you, it's because he loves you. Oh, why does that go bad? Or why did this happen? Just take it as... And here's the thing. Not every bad thing that happens is necessarily God disciplining you, but I think for a lot of us, we don't connect when God is trying to discipline us. And he's disciplining you because of maybe some arrogance and pride going on. God's like, the only way to humble you is to bring in some loss. That's the only way. The only way to humble an athlete, right? They stop training as much. They stop preparing as much because they're like, I'm winning all the time. And then someone else hungrier beats them and they're like, whoa, I need to get back to the basics, right? Same thing that God does to us. He says, so obey the commands of the Lord your God. I'm in verse six. Obey the uh, commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you to a good land of flowing streams and pol-. Again, God's goodness is what drives his discipline. God's goodness is why he creates loss to humblest. It's because he's actually good. For the Lord your God is bringing you to a, a land with fountains and springs that gush out the vine. He's just saying it's legit, right? It is a land of wheat and barley, uh, fig trees, pomegranates. I know some of us are like, meh. It's just a, good, it's San Diego County, gosh dang it, all right? Of oil and honey and all that. It's a land where the food is plenty and nothing is lacking. Back then, that was everything. You needed food to survive, and you looked for a land of plenty. He says, it is a land where iron is as common as stone, copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. How do I know if I'm humble? God will say over and over again, there's appreciation even if there's in the midst of frustration. You can be frustrated with God that you're not where you are, but maybe there should be an appreciation for how far you've come. So it's not that you don't have frustration, but don't ever lose appreciation. So what God is saying is, be humble to obey. What's part of humility? Never forget, it's God that blesses you. We see this in our world, right? Like we take credit for things that God does, right? We see this like with beautiful people like, oh, I use this moisture. It's like, You were just blessed by God with the cheekbones, your eyes are centered, your nose isn't as big as mine, your hair stayed on your head, but we take credit, like, look at my luscious hair. You didn't do anything. You were just born athletes, right? Oh, I worked so hard. You've been jumping that high since you were like five, right? Maybe you jump an inch and a half higher because you train. I saw that when I was an athlete. I saw those people, I'm like, ooh, your talent level is, but they would take the credit. It's my hard work, it's my dedication, right? We do that. And we can even do that spiritually, right? We start growing and we start looking at other people. At least I don't do that. Boy, they're lies. They're this. And we're like, wait, God's the one that built that character in you. He gave you your family. He gave you your church. Maybe he gave you that friend. Maybe that mentor 10 years ago. Don't forget the things that God has done. That's when we become arrogant. How do you know arrogance? They have appreciation only of themselves, not of what God has done around them. So verse 11, he says, but this is the time to be careful. Why? Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you. For when you become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, so God blesses you. You pray for the blessing. He gives you the family. He gives you the money. He gives you the cars. He gives you the career. He gives you the relationships. Saying, whoa, don't forget. He says, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied, be careful. Do not become proud. At that time, I forget the Lord, your God, who rescued you from slavery. Never forget where you come from. Do not forget that he led you through the great terrifying wilderness, which is poisonous steaks and scorpions, which is hot and dry. and He gave you water from a rock. He fed you with manna a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you. That humility, loss, in order to be blessed, God does it in order to keep you humble so that you can obey him. Verse 19, he ends up with this. He says, but I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. We pursue things in this world that actually destroy us. And so God tries to strip us of that and it can bother us, but he's trying to save us. One of the interesting things about when I met with with Eric that maybe some of us don't know, and I didn't know this, we were talking about his kind of journey, and he goes, Brian, I actually went into remission for a little bit. So when he battled for eight years, I think he went into remission after a year or so. And so he goes, so I knew that God kind of like, it was a wake-up call, like, bro, your soul's gonna be destroyed. So God gave him that wake-up call, right? It humbled him, but only, he said, for a few weeks, and as soon as he got better, he went back. And he goes, I think God brought the cancer back as far as, like, bro, this is the only thing I can do to save your life. You have to lose your health. You have to lose your job. He lost everything but that dang luscious hair that I always made fun of him before. I'm like, bro, how do your hair still, two days before you see Jesus looks better than mine, you look like Moses. I said, a skinny Moses, but you look like Moses, man. You look so spiritual. He's like, yeah, I'm blessed, <laughs> you know. But it's interesting how he can, appre- again, appreciate. We've got parents shushing the kids. It's all right, man got a loud church but again the appreciation eric showed me so much the appreciation for m- what most people would never want we don't want cancer right rightfully so the appreciation for it that it saved his life god tested him and when he went into remission he went back away from god and god's like i gotta bring you back humility is one of the key things for all of us that's that's the talk today Look at the importance of it when we read other Bible passages. Um, Proverbs eleven two 2 says, Pride leads to disgrace. God want, doesn't want you to be disgraced. But with humility comes wisdom. The only way, I want to be wise with my money. I want to be wise with relationships. I want to be wise with my life. I want to be wise. You've got to be humble. He says, Proverbs 16, 18, Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness. That word haughtiness, too, we never use that word, nor should we. But um, Haughtiness just means to, the actual Hebrew word means that a large or tall building. But haughtiness, where I think highly of myself. I'm a building that I'm above everyone else. I'm smarter than them. I work harder than them. I got to where I'm at because I'm just a better person than them. Which we never admit. It's just deep down, maybe in our hearts, that we think that. And it maybe comes out in judgmental ways where we judge other people, right? We see where they're at and we forgot where we were at. And we think they should be where we're at. I don't know if that made sense. Well, As I was saying it, it didn't, but you know what I mean. Proverbs, or Psalms 147 says this, The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. If you want to be cast away from God, be cocky. Be prideful. And God's like, I'll have nothing to do with that. Psalm 149 four says this, For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. He crowns the humble with victory. A phrase that I use quite often, I think is a good reminder for us this, is it's it's better to humble yourself than to be humiliated by God. I'd rather be humble than to be humiliated. But here's the thing, God will use either or to save your life. Because pride will destroy you, it'll destroy marriages, it'll destroy our relationship with our kids, it'll destroy our careers. I've seen some amazing people with amazing talents, but they thought they were so it And here's the thing, they were it for a few years and they thought, it doesn't pay to be humble, be prideful. But the fall was coming and it was brutal. Humility in our culture is not celebrated. Deflect praise, give glory to God. It's not, but it's really the pathway to long-term victory. True victory in life. When I was... uh, glenn's here today and we haven't done any jiu-jitsu it's been a that's been a loss for us <laughs> so we're hoping that god brings that back into our life soon yes. <laughs> but um so it's interesting we took a, i took a break um we did jujitsu for a while i took a break and i was at they have these belt systems white belt blue belt how does it what does it go from there i forget i've been i'm purple, not that was it purple, purple and brown, brown black and, black. and then black that's the order right what everyone's trying to accomplish and so i got my blue belt but then I took some time off and I came back and we started training again, and I went back to a white belt. And it's was like, why did you do that, man? You wanna wear your blue belt because then people think like white belts, like ah, you're a beginner, you don't know what you're doing, all that kind of stuff, but blue belt is a little bit like, you know, I might be able to take most people, not everybody, but I could take most, like if you wear a blue belt, you know, if you wanna feel good about yourself, you're driving around, going to work, wear a blue belt, right, you know, a little <laughs> bit of respect there. White belt, people are like, even if I don't know anything about martial arts, I could probably take you down. But here's what's interesting is I thought to myself is I'd rather be a white belt that can beat a blue belt than wear a blue belt and get beat by a white belt. <laughs> it's better to humble yourself and be a white belt because nobody thinks anything of you. So you're like, that's cool. And then they're surprised. And you're like, ha I'm a white belt that knows some stuff. And I like to choke people, right? That's better than a blue belt that's like, yeah, you messing with me? And then some white belts like, yeah, I am. And they take you down, right? We know that. But many of us, we try to climb that ladder in society we want people to think highly like they're legit financially they're legit with this they know their bible and that's a pathway to be like yeah maybe just stay humble i'm just a white belt with christianity i'm just a white belt with marriage i'm just a white belt because white belts are hungry to learn and here's the thing about a white belt they're listening to everything that that black belt is saying every little thing every little detail like but then when we get higher belts like i know that that's basic i don't need to practice that Uh," and that's when you start getting beat same thing in life. Before I wrap up, I just, I want to encourage you to have, something to think about. How do we make sure that we stay humble? A few things that we learn from the story. One is keep appreciation in the midst of frustration. This is why we worship. Why do we worship? I, I, I just want to hear sermons or I'm not into music or things like that. No, no, no. There's something about worship that all these songs about giving glory to God. And we need that constantly. Stay appreciative when you wake up in the day, when you go to bed at night. And all those prayers of what you got, want them to do, and all those prayers are like, God, I wish this, I wish that, and I'm frustrated here. That's fine. I'm, I'm saying you could pray those prayers, but bookend it with you are God and you are good. Remember what God has done in your life. So the appreciate in the midst of frustration. The other thing is this, is humble people do this. Embrace obedience over success. Embrace obedience over success. Many times we lay our head down at night thinking, was I successful? Just think about this. Was I obedient to listen to God? If he was teaching me, How to live was i obedient rather than feeling inspired or feeling this no it's about obedience that's the sign of a humble person and the last one is this that we see with jesus seek to serve rather than be served a servant stays humble a servant is what do you need what can i do for you and god says the best way to stay humble is to view yourself as a servant rather than people serving me So a waiter's really busy at the restaurant. Rather than getting mad, I'm going to tip them less, and where's my water? How about we just get up, grab the water ourselves, and don't say anything to them and still tip them well? I'm talking about these little things. Rather than a prideful person, how dare you do that? I'm going to tip you less. Where's my water? Why? Because I'm an American, and I get my food on time, right? And I get things done when I want. We're not that. We're Christians, and we serve others even if they're supposed to be serving us appreciation obedience and a servant's heart that's what's key bailey i'm gonna wrap up with you bailey come here check out my dog can can they see come here Bailey, come here she she hates this can you see my dog bailey Mm. bailey's not a christian so you can pray for her she's not a christian we're gonna baptize her say bye bailey say bye Hey, <laughs> Oh, Christine, don't, here, oh. she's not one of our kids, she's a dog. Th- this is how I want to wrap up, listen, that's a cute dog, right? You're like, ah, oh, it's a cute dog, Brian, don't embarrass the dog, like you feel bad right now, but here's the thing about Bailey, the reason she's that way is when she was younger, there's a few times where she would snarl at the kids, or I'd tell her to do something, and she would kind of snarl at me, that's not good. And what she doesn't know is, she thinks she's part of our family, and somewhat is. She bites one of my kids, she's gone, like gone, gone. She doesn't know that though, there's a boundary there. So what I had to do is, when she snarled, and some of you know this with dogs, is that you actually have to, when they get there, you actually have to grab them and put them to the ground and get them on their side or get them on their belly. Which feels weird, and when I first did it with Bailey, I put her down, And I could feel how tense she was and just like she was battling. No, I want to assert my dominance. And I had to just hold her, hold her. And then all of a sudden I could feel her. And then she submitted and she rolled over. And I I did that two times. And since then, we've never had a problem. And here's the thing. She still has a life and she's still in the family. Many of us do that with God. We think we can snarl. We think we can bite. We think we can uh, put being an American over being a Christian. We think God blesses us and it's all us. And what God doesn't realize is this is bad for you. This will take your life. And when God holds on to us, we think he's choking us out. Or we think, what's he doing? Like? And God's trying to calm us down saying, I got you. Roll over, submit. I've got you. But the way you're acting is going to kill you. We learn this from Eric. We learn this from Bailey. But most of all, we learn it from Jesus who said, not my will be done, but yours. And he submitted his life to God, trusting that as he died, he died. He had to trust the Father, like, you got me, dude. Like, I've been around you for eternity, but I've never died. God's never died. Jesus died, and that's it. And then in trusting, then the Holy Spirit raised him. Obedience. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He said, it's my preference. Take it away. But obedience over inspiration, obedience over feeling something, and Jesus was resurrected. That's the hope that we have. When you humble yourself, who lifts you up? God. And I want to encourage you with this. God will always lift you up higher than you can lift yourself. So don't be prideful because he'll take you to levels you can never imagine. We're going to appreciate God now. We're going to worship some more. And um, I hope this encourages us that in the midst of loss, that God is still has us and that we're actually blessed in the midst of loss. So let me pray and the worship team's going to wrap us up. Jesus, thank you so much that we know that even in the midst of loss that you love us. Even in the midst of loss or feeling pinned down like, what's God doing? That we can know that you do everything for our good. God, I pray that we would be a people that we do not seek to lift ourselves up as a church. We do not seek to lift ourselves up as a family, as individuals, but we take the humble path. We take the path of a servant. We take the least popular path, knowing that that path will take us to a higher elevation than we can lift ourselves. God, I praise the church, this is my passion, that we seek obedience over inspiration, that we seek obedience over success, obedience over whatever that we would lay our head down at night saying, you know what? I'm humble because I just flat out listen to you and obey you even if I didn't want to because I trust you. So God, we worship you now in light of who you are and how much you've done for us. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to gotoaccesschurch.com.